Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Wednesday, November 15, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. In Riverside today, expect comfortable autumn temperatures with highs reaching 71.3 degrees and lows dropping to a mild 58.3. Now, let's tap into what's ahead on our program. Firstly, we'll dive into our investigative feature, a year of crisis, bank failures rock the American regional banking sector in 2023. It's been a tumultuous year for the financial landscape, with ripples felt through communities and businesses alike. We'll discuss the recent downsizing in the tech industry, examining major layoffs and what this means for Silicon Valley's future, as well as the global economy. In health news, exciting advancements continue as scientists share progress on the new universal flu vaccine. Could this be a game-changer for seasonal sickness? Switching gears to the environment, we will explore the latest round of climate talks, delving into the political dynamics and the commitments made, or lack thereof, by the world's nations. Stay tuned as we also bring you the gritty details of the local corruption scandal that has political pundits and citizens alike calling for transparency and reform. And finally, we'll wrap up with a heartwarming story from our own backyard, where community efforts have led to the revival of a once-endangered species, proving that conservation efforts can and do make a difference. All that and more, plus a look at today's weather forecast, will be coming up on Alex's News. Stay with us. We turn now to our top story of the day, the turbulence in the American regional banking sector throughout 2023. To help us understand what this means for the economy and your wallet, we have our financial correspondent, Ethan. Ethan, can you give us a rundown of the situation? Sure, Grace. It's been quite a year for regional banks in the United States. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC, has reported a total of five bank failures occurring across different states. These failures have left a noticeable imprint on the economy. Five banks. That's significant. Let's dive a bit deeper into the timeline of these failures, Ethan. How did it unfold throughout the year? Well, interestingly, the year started off quietly with no bank failures in January and February. But things took a sharp turn in March when two major banks, Signature Bank in New York and Silicon Valley Bank in California, collapsed. What exactly happened with those two banks in March? In the case of Signature Bank, it was closed by the New York State Department of Financial Services and had its deposits and loan portfolios moved over to Flagstar Bank. Silicon Valley Bank, on the other hand, went into receivership, and its deposits were transferred to a new entity called Silicon Valley Bridge Bank. That must have been a chaotic time for customers. Now, wasn't there a brief period of calm before more banks were hit? Yes, April saw no failures, giving customers and the market a moment of respite. However, come May, we saw First Republic Bank in San Francisco collapse, and JP Morgan Chase stepped in to assume all the deposits and assets. What do these takeovers indicate for the banking industry? These takeovers are a lifeline, Grace. They are critical for maintaining confidence in the banking system. When a big name like JP Morgan Chase takes over, it signals to the public and to investors that there are safe havens, helping to prevent wider panic. And was the situation consistent across the entire year? 
Not quite. June was quiet, but then in July, we saw Heartland Tri-State Bank in Kansas fail. Dream First Bank took over in that instance. Afterward, August and September were uneventful, but then we hit another snag in November with the collapse of Citizens Bank in Iowa. With these repeated failures, what are the implications for the economy and, more importantly, for the average American? The implications are considerable. For one, it undermines public trust in regional banking institutions. On an economic scale, it disrupts local economies and can put a strain on the FDIC's resources. For the average American, there's the fear of losing access to their funds and the uncertainty that creates. Any insights on why these banks failed, Ethan? The FDIC offers some details through press releases, but each case varies. Commonly, it's a mix of bad investments, poor risk management practices, sometimes exacerbated by economic downturns. What's clear is the need for stronger oversight to prevent these kinds of collapses. Before we conclude, Ethan, any thoughts on how the banking sector can recover from this rocky year? Recovery will hinge on restoring trust and ensuring that rigorous regulatory mechanisms are in place. Institutions need to demonstrate stability to regain customer confidence. It's also about learning from these incidents to avoid a repeat in the future. Understanding and vigilance will be key. Ethan, thank you for that comprehensive update on the state of regional banking this year. My pleasure, Grace. Here's hoping for a steadier year ahead in the banking sector. Good evening. I'm your name. And here are some other headlines we're following today. Our top story. A sigh of relief in the U.S. as the government avoids a shutdown. The House of Representatives, with GOP Speaker Johnson at the helm, demonstrated rare bipartisan unity. The vote draws attention to the complexities within party dynamics and underscores the necessity for cross-aisle collaboration amidst a divided political landscape. Moving to the Middle East, violence has surged, with the Israeli military raiding the largest hospital in Gaza. This operation has left hundreds of patients trapped as hostilities intensify. The tragic loss of life was amplified by an airstrike that killed a well-respected doctor and his family, shining a spotlight on the human toll of the conflict. In the U.S., massive demonstrations are unfolding in Washington, showing vigorous support for Israel and a plea to heed the historical warning. Never again. Back in the United Kingdom, the government faces a major legal setback as its migrant deportation policy has been ruled unlawful by the Supreme Court. This ruling challenges the UK's approach to immigration and raises profound moral questions regarding the treatment of those seeking asylum. On the international stage, talks to thaw relations between superpowers are underway. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping are meeting with hopes of improving US-China ties. Yet, the atmosphere remains tense as the two leaders grapple with a slew of sensitive issues, including military activities and trade disputes. Meanwhile, the United Nations is taking steps to intervene in the Israel-Hamas war. The UN Security Council is convening once more in an effort to pass a resolution, highlighting the deep worldwide concern and the difficulty in finding common ground to de-escalate the situation. In economic news, the UK reports a drop in inflation rates, tipping off possible policy shifts from the Bank of England and actions by Prime Minister Sunak. Across the pond, Target anticipates a merry financial performance for the upcoming holiday season, 
expecting strong profits in the wake of optimized inventory and streamlined supply chains. And in Europe, Germany considers limiting exports of diabetes medications amidst shortages, a move that could ripple through the continent's healthcare systems. These stories, although not our top five, are indicative of the economic and strategic decisions shaping our world today. Stay with us for more in-depth coverage on these developing stories. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.